the Philippines when I was over there some of you may have heard me say that and uh, when I heard it I just knew that God was calling me to to uh, make another step of faith you know as, as we walk with God we take steps of faith and you know the next step will always put you in a place where you're in over your head and so when I was teaching this last series on something good is going to happen to you today, everybody say today, <laughs> uh, you know, God will encourage us and then he'll take us into that place where we have to swim, where, where we can't just walk on the, uh, you know, I don't like to, I'm not a good swimmer, so I kind of like to stay in the shallow end of the pool, but God, God operates in the deep end of the pool because that's where you're counting on him. And that last message, God told me to talk about open doors. Well, open doors always bring an opportunity to go in over your head. So today, that's what I believe God is going to begin in this his house. He's going to take us in over our head. And uh, I am willing to go there. Now, I'm not saying, you know, I'm excited, but at the same time, I know that it's going to require uh, a greater level of faith on my part and, and the ability to stand against storms that maybe I've not encountered before. And he'll, he'll do that with you. But we're going to talk about how you become secure enough in your walk with God and he knows you're ready because there is a big difference between getting in the water before you're supposed to and getting in the water with God amen <laughs> all right uh, if you'll just say this with me and then we're going to um, begin this word everybody together the word of God is truth if I live the word I will be blessed if I don't I won't it's just that simple and you can be seated hallelujah <laughs> thank you worship team great job um when I was preparing this message, uh, I asked uh, Jen, of course, if we could do this song, and so they've been practicing it. It's not a, it's not an easy song to sing uh, vocally, but because it's got such funny rhythms in it, but the message of it is so good, and it says, take me back to where I had to walk on the water, so to speak, where I had to get into the deep, and uh, <clears throat> you know, you think you're doing what you're supposed to do every day and I believe we are until until we have the victory where we are God will never move us <clears throat> excuse me and you know we can want to move but God won't move why because he knows if we're not ready we'll fail and he has not failure in mind for us he has victory in mind for us so he'll hold us he'll 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 hold us until we're really secure enough that we can step into those places that he's called us to uh before i begin this message i want to invite all of you to come back tonight we're going to pray we're going to worship because uh the first thing to uh get into the presence of god and to see god moving on our behalf <clears throat> excuse me is to worship everybody say worship uh kelly said it this morning there's worship and praise and then there's prayer and the combination of the two brings great results in the kingdom of god it takes us into the supernatural and we're going to be praying for this nation uh, i believe we have authority i believe we have dominion i'm not moved by what i see uh in those debates i'm not moved by what they put in the newspaper i know that god in an instant can change the whole complexion of things and i believe he's still in control everybody say he is in control but i believe he counts on his people if my people 
people who are called by my name will humble themselves. But uh, basically, I think in America, that just means, you know, take an hour and pray for, for whatever God wants. That's almost humility because we're so used to doing our own thing. Humility is trusting that God is going to take care of something more than we can. And so uh, we're going to pray tonight. We're going to rejoice first and worship, and then we're going to pray. And I have a little booklet I'm going to hand out. Uh, Pastor Sharon Doherty wrote it uh, last time there was an election. has a lot of scriptures in it. And I'm going to ask everybody in this church to take that book and begin to pray on a daily basis for this nation. Even if it's 15 minutes, you don't know what that will do in the course of time that we have between now and November. And we really don't have that much time because there's conventions and things going on even now that are determining our future. Everybody say, my future is being determined by people who have authority. Now, we have more authority than they do. So if we're going to if we're going to see what we want, we are going to have to take our authority and dominion and begin to do what God's called us to do. And uh, we have an absolute open door to the presence of God so we can go to the father and we can petition for those things that we desire of him. So I'm excited about that tonight. And then the women's meeting uh, this Thursday night, we're we're all bringing something uh, to eat. But if you'd write on that uh, place where you sign to come what you think you'll be bringing, that'll be helpful for us. And uh, we we have a panel of people. My sister Chris is one of them. Jessica back there is one of them. I don't think anybody else is in here that's on the panel, but we're going to have a good time. Uh, if you've ever watched any of those panel discussions, and, and just think about this, Sue O'Brien and Chris and Kelly. Kelly's in it. And uh, Jessica and uh, Michelle Hill. And uh, I think we're going to get a good perspective of what goes on in people's lives. And uh, Chris tells all, so you don't you don't want to miss this <laughs> when she gets rolling. But uh, I traveled with Chris and Sue some, and they are like two sisters, two gerbils. But boy, when they don't agree, <laughs> it's really serious. <laughs> so I'm hoping they're going to agree on this panel. <laughs> But you never know. Hallelujah. But they love each other when it's all over. You think they're going to eat each other for a second. And then it's over and they're good again. Hallelujah. That's the way we ought to live. Amen. We ought to be able to know what we believe. And if we don't agree, we choose to disagree, but we still love each other. Okay. Let's turn to Joshua. And we're going to talk about uh, in over my head. Today's message is go after it. Everybody say go after it. Um, you know, it's, it's easy to start. It's not always as easy to finish. But we have to begin somewhere. And so, uh, you know, Joshua was called by God for um, such a time as this at that time in history. And uh, I want to talk to you a little bit about his life because I think it shares um, how God prepares people ahead of time to go after it. You know, we, we all want to go after it, but sometimes we get out of the timing of God and try to go after something and it doesn't turn out the way we want it to. So today we're going to talk about this. It says in verse one, then Joshua rose early in the morning and they set out from Acacia Grove and came to the Jordan, he and all the children of Israel and lodged there before they crossed over. Um, 
I was there, you know, in Israel, and, uh, you know, where the Jordan comes out of the mountains, it comes rushing out, it, it makes a big roar coming down through there, and uh, then it becomes this river, um, and then I was baptized in the Jordan River, so once you've been there and seen it, kind of makes this come alive as you're reading, and so it was after three days that the officers went through the camp, and they commanded the people, saying, when you see the Ark of the Covenant, everybody say, Ark of the Covenant, and I'm going to explain that as we go here, of the Lord your God and the priests, that would be the, the priests that God assigned, the Levites bearing it, then you shall go out from your place and go after it. Everybody say, go after it. Now, I'm taking my liberty a little bit because that really is just to follow, follow that ark. In other words, stay focused on the ark and, and, and don't be looking anywhere else. You have to go after the ark. And uh, sometimes going after what God is going after uh, is not what in your natural mind you would see once you start. You know, it's, it, you, can, you can see it when you're praying about it, but then when God starts taking you down that path, it doesn't always look like how you thought it would look to go after it. And so it's very important what they what he's saying here. The ark is going to go in front of you. The priest, those are the those are the ones God assigned to carry that be with that ark, uh, you know, to could be there would be the really stand in the place of the people in this day. It says, yet there shall be a space. Everybody say a space between you and it about 2000 cubits by measure. You do not come near it that you may know the way by which you must go for you have not passed this way before. And, um, you know, when God opens a door and he begins to take you to where he's taking you, you are going to go in over your head. Nothing on the other side of that door may look anything like what you expected but what keeps you going is that Ark of the Covenant that's out in front of you that you're going after. Everybody say going after. So you're not really going after what God said. You're going after God. Does that make sense? You're going after him. You're going after his presence. And wherever he's taking you is where his presence is for you, for, for you in your whatever your walk is. And then he says, um, it says, and Joshua said to the people, sanctify yourselves for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders. Everybody say wonders among you. Then Joshua spoke to the priest saying, take up the Ark of the Covenant, cross over before the people. So they took up the Ark of the Covenant, went before the people and the Lord said to Joshua, this day I will begin to exalt you in the sight of all Israel, that you may know that as I was with Moses, so I'll be with you. You shall command the priest who bear the Ark of the Covenant, saying, when you have come to the edge of the water of the Jordan, you shall stand in the Jordan. And he says, you shall command the priest. That would be the, the ones that are in uh, authority spiritually. Everybody say spiritually in authority. And so he puts them there. You shall command the priest. And then you come to the edge of the water. You shall stand in the Jordan. So Joshua said to the children then of Israel, come here and hear the words of the Lord your God. And Joshua said, by this, you shall know that the living God is among you and that he will without fail drive out from before you the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Hivites, the Parasite, per, per, is Perizzites and the Gergesites and the Amorites, the whole bunch, the Jebusites, and behold, 
the ark of the covenant of the Lord of all the earth is crossing over before you into the Jordan. So when he says you can be assured of this, the Lord is going to defeat all of these enemies. And the way you know that is the ark of the covenant is going over before you. So when you start on anything that God has called you to do, the Ark of the Covenant, the presence of God, is what you're going after. If you go after what you want or even what you feel God is telling you to go after, you can be disillusioned because you're looking for something that you've never seen before. Does that make sense? But when you're looking for the Lord, you just keep following him. And eventually, he will get you there. May not be the day you wanted to get there, but you will get there. But you have to stay back in order to see it. Now, you know, it, the promise to Joshua was uh, this day in the sight of all those that are there, uh, I will show you and show them that as I was with Moses, I am with you. Now, when you look at this, uh, Joshua's in his 80s. Uh, you know, only the, the younger generation, this is a whole new generation of people. Uh, really, the only one who understands that fully would be Joshua and Caleb, because they're the only ones that really were with Moses from the very beginning. The rest of this generation has uh, heard stories, uh, and they survived the wilderness, but they've really never seen God do the victories that the children of Israel had seen before. So what he's saying is, you know, by me doing this wonder, this miracle of what I'm about to do, not only will you know, because you know I was with Moses, you'll know that I'm with you as I was with Moses. Everybody said that's important. It's very important to Joshua to know that. But also the people, this younger generation, will see that I'm with you. And so as God takes us in to these new places and takes us in over our head, he is the one that proves us there, not us. He is the one that brings attention to what we're accomplishing because he wants to identify us as someone who's following him. Does that make sense? So there's an assurance that as you start over into this place that God is going to be your vindicator, not people. You know, we're going to talk this week about uh, not looking back. Everybody say, don't ever look back. I mean, if you look back, you're done. I mean, you are going under. Uh, next week, we're going to talk about looking at yourself. You cannot, you cannot stay in a place in over your head if you're looking at you. And then the last one, we're going to talk about people and their influence as far as you staying in those places till you get to where God's taking you to be. People have good, good hearts. They're not trying to necessarily stop us from what God's saying, but they don't know what you know. Everybody say, everybody, everybody. doesn't know what I know. <laughs> and when they don't know what you know, they go by what they know. And so even though they think they're encouraging you, they can actually be discouraging you in the thing that God's told you to do. So in Exodus 17:9, most of you in this service know these scriptures, but in Exodus 17:9, Joshua um, from the very this is the first battle 
out of Egypt. And it says that Moses said to Joshua, choose us some men and go out and fight with Amalek. Tomorrow I will stand on top of the hill with the rod of God in my hand. You know, that's a, a pretty big command. You know, I mean, we've never heard of Joshua before. This is the first time we really start hearing about Joshua. And uh, he says, go, you go, you go fight him and I'm going to stand on the hill and hold my arm up. Right, you know, but what what God is looking at is, will he do what he tells him? He's not looking because Joshua isn't going to win this battle. How many of you know he is not going to win a battle with a bunch of newbies out of Egypt who've only, you know, been building buildings, and now they're going to fight against Amalek, and they're going to be soundly defeated, except that God intervenes. But the way God chooses to intervene is to have his boss, so to speak, put his hand up in the air. You go on out there and fight, Joshua, and I'll be up here on top of the hill where nobody is, and I'm going to hold my arm up, and everything's going to be fine. You know, now that's, you know, doesn't seem like a lot to us, but see, when you're getting in into a position where you can go into a new place, you have to have already been proven in those other places you have to be proven that you're in submission to whoever god puts over you because if you're not in submission to who god put over you you'll never do what god says so god didn't show up to joshua he showed up to moses and moses told joshua you know uh, aaron and miriam were around joshua and but they still weren't in control joshua or moses i'm around moses excuse me but moses was the one who spoke face to face with god and so what he had was delegated authority for all these people and so joshua had to be proven in that situation it says in verse 13 and joshua defeated amalek and his people with the edge of the sword it says joshua defeated them but it was really moses lifting his hands but why does it say joshua defeated them because joshua had to know he could win with god on his side if he did what god told him to do so these are the things that eventually qualified him to take all of the children of israel into the promised land it's just one of the ones if you look at uh, numbers 14 6 you know when they got to the edge of that land he and caleb were the only two that had anything good to say joshua the son of nun and caleb the son of jephthah who were among those who had spied out the land tore their clothes they spoke to the congregation of the children of israel saying the land we pass through to spy out is exceedingly good land if the lord everybody say if the lord delights in us then he will bring us into this land and give it to us now if you study scripture he's already told them many times the lord spoke to them and said i'm going to give you the land everybody say give you the land but they had to do something they had to go in there even though it was scary because of the giants they had to have a good report because it wasn't about what they saw in the land it's about who they saw out in front of them just like that ark that Joshua would one, have, one day have to follow. So he says, if the Lord delights in us, then he will bring us and give it to us. A land which flows with milk and honey. Only do not rebel against the Lord, nor fear the people of the land, for they are our bread. Their protection has departed from them, and the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. Now, this is a guy who just went on a little spy trip. But he comes back with passion. I'm, not, I'm sure he didn't say, yeah, yeah, we might get it. No, he said, we, we can do this. I mean, we are going to get this. But none of the people listened to Joshua and Caleb. And so the Lord canceled their 
beautiful land of the promise. Amen. You know, some people say, well, I just don't know why God didn't do it. You know, you, you just never know what God's going to do. I'll tell you what God's going to do. He's going to do his word. Everybody say, do his word. And if he gives his word, he's going to do it. But we, the people, the same as if my people who will humble themselves and pray, if we, the people, do what we're supposed to do, there is no doubt God will do what he's going to do. But we can disqualify ourselves. They disqualified themselves, that whole group of people, from going into the promised land because they saw the land and they believed the spies that saw the land. They saw it through the spies' eyes. All they heard was what the spies said, and they said, we can't do that. You cannot go against what God has said. Joshua and Caleb had no more information than the other ten. The only thing they had was a belief in their heart that if God said he was going to do it, he was going to do it. And they would follow him. They would go after it. They would go after it. And so, in, in long story short, we all know the end of that story. Now, in uh, Numbers 27, uh, we see where um, Moses uh, begins to talk to the children, or actually puts uh, Joshua before the children of Israel and says in verse 18 of chapter 27, the Lord said to Moses, take Joshua, the son of Nun, with you, a man in whom is the spirit, and lay your hand on him. Set him before Eleazar the priest and before all the congregation and inaugurate him in their sight. You shall give him some, everybody say some, some of your authority to him. Give him some of your authority to him and that all the congregation of the children of Israel may be obedient. He shall stand before Eleazar. He gave him some authority to operate alongside the priest, not alongside him alongside Eleazar. Why? Because in that day, the priest is the one who talks to God. Everybody say, talks to God. See, in order for him to be the leader, he had to have total confidence in hearing from God. It, he didn't need to be with, he was going to, he'd been with Moses, but now he had to be with the priest. Why the priest? Because in that day, the priest was the only one who could hear from God. Moses did, but I mean, for the rest of the people. So he had to learn that part of it before he could become the leader of that nation of people. So all this time, God's positioning. Now, even Moses has lost his right to go into the promised land. You know, that sometimes as a leader, I think, you know, it's really serious business here as a leader because you have to be responsible to do what God says, regardless of the people. Moses got into trouble because it was the people who got upset. And he then got upset with the people. And, I mean, I think he wanted to take that rod and hit the people. <laughs> and God knew that. Everybody's saying God knew that. And as a leader, you can never strike the people. Never. You have to love them no matter how stupid they act. I'm not saying you guys. It's the rest of the body of Christ. You know, I mean, God is up there. You know, think of this. Uh, our nation is such in a miserable mess. Don't you think God's probably ready to spank a few people for what they didn't do? You know, uh, it, I know we're not supposed to spank people anymore, but I believe God is a disciplinarian. And when we are in charge, everybody say in charge. And listen, the church is in charge. We will answer. We will answer. It's not the heathen that's going to answer for this big fat mess we got going. 
It's going to be the church because we are in authority. And when the church wakes up and understands that and is willing to be the leader God called them to be, but you have to get over your sweet self. And you have to get over what other people think. And I'm preaching to myself today, so I'm going to listen to this tape. Hallelujah. Because I have a hard time with this. Okay, uh, Deuteronomy 3.28. This is the next place God speaks about to him about Joshua. And in 3.28, um, he says, let me find it here. I'm in a different Bible. But command Joshua and encourage him and strengthen him for he shall go over before this people and he will cause them to inherit the land which you will see now here's moses he's done all this work up to now and just because he got a little hot with the people he is not going into the promised land why is that because you cannot be a leader if you do not obey god god did not tell him to strike the rock he struck the rock why did he do it because he got mad at the people so god said you will not be able to go in here and do what you're going to have to do because it's obvious you can't do this. You say, well, that's just how sad for him. No, you know, God was sparing him because if he would have gone in and he couldn't handle that situation, he was going to be killed in the next one. You know, sometimes we go to a certain level and somebody else takes it. Everybody say, that's okay. Everybody say this, I hope they do better than I did. That's the way we have to think. And so when we think like that, then we're a leader because we're not thinking about what we get to do. We're thinking about what God wants to do. And if there has to be a change, then let there be a change. Hallelujah. Uh, you know, uh, I, you know, my poor mother, she's 92. She is having a hard tri- time lo- changing. She's still trying to run everything when she can't. Bless her heart. She is. She gets so worried. She calls me. Did you get the license plate for the car? I go, yep, I did that. She, she thinks about those things because she always did, but she's not in a position to go get that, see? And so we all get to places in our life where that bat- baton's going to be passed to somebody, but the somebody's got to be back there <laughs> running at the same speed, incidentally, in order to hand it to them. They have to run for a distance together before they can hand them the stick. And so Moses did his part. Joshua came along, and God said, you encourage him and strengthen him. Thanks for all you did, but we're going in here, and this guy's got to take him. So help him. Amen? See, we can't be, you know, we can't be thinking about, well, what about me? I mean, my goodness. He didn't do that. And then in Deuteronomy 31.3, this is the very end of it. It says, the Lord your God himself crosses over before you. This is what he tells the children of israel he will destroy these nations from before you and you will dispossess them joshua himself crosses over before you just as the lord has said and that's indeed where we are right now when we read joshua chapter three it's time to go over and he's saying to joshua keep that ark out in front of you because when the ark is out in front of you you will not get mad at these people it's okay to be disappointed but you don't you don't get so angry that god knows you can't control your emotions that's what god told me if you can't control your emotions you can't lead how many of you have watched the debates i think we've got a bunch of emotional people i want to tell you those are not leaders i don't care if they're you know there's all these personalities they can become an excuse 
and, and you know they may be fine leadership according to charts on personality but if they can't control their emotions and they can't do the things that God wants they're not a leader not a godly leader anyway so then he says now follow this ark everybody say follow the ark now the ark had in it manna which if you go back you can look in the scripture Exodus 16:4 God said I'm going to provide food and I'm doing it to test them I'm testing these people to see if they'll trust me and just do what I say. Take enough for today. Well, of course they didn't. They took a whole bunch, a bunch of them, and of course it rotted. You know, and I'm sure they're thinking, well, why did God let my food rot? Because you weren't supposed to take more than you're supposed to. You had enough. Everybody say enough. But you wanted more. And so you can't go after more. You have to obey. Everybody say obey. So all these things are tests for the children of Israel. Then, he, then the other thing that was in there was Aaron's rod. In number 17, chapter 5, uh, they got the, some of the tribes of the, the 12 tr- tribes, they got in a fight over who, who should be the leader. And they decided Aaron didn't need to be the leader. They wouldn't be the leader. And so God said, okay, I'll solve this. And it was all to do with this stick that budded. He said, the one whose stick buds is the one I choose. And so in that ark was that stick that budded, that limb, tree, or whatever you want, you know, that branch that budded. And it said, Aaron is in charge. Everybody say Aaron. Aaron was in charge. He was the priest that would be in charge. Now, he made a, a few mistakes, but God chose him. Everybody say, God chose him. And so when the people rose up against him, I mean, it was a disaster for one of those groups of people that did that. And I'm not going to get into that story, but that was in the ark. Everybody say, that was in the ark. What does that say? God chooses who he wants. And then we follow. Uh, and then the Ten Commandments. Uh, Exodus 20, you can read that. The Ten Commandments on the stone, the second set of stones, were in that ark. So what he's saying is, you're going to follow this ark that says, I provide. Everybody say, God provides. I decide who's in leadership. I provide, I decide, and we're going to do it my way. So silent in here today. And here we are about to go in over our head. But it's truth. See, if you're not prepared to go in these places, you will drown. Whether I sink or whether I swim, you're going under. Because you cannot do this. Um, it says then, after this, in, in verse 4, let's go back to Joshua, verse uh, 4, 3, 4. Joshua 3, 4. And uh, I'm going to have to hurry because I just think this is so exciting because I believe God's doing it in people's lives. I just don't know how many people are going to make it, which is sad. Uh, Let there be a space because you've never been here before. Everybody say uncharted territory. Uncharted territory, if you're going to be a believer in God, you have to follow God to, to get in there. And then in 5, it says consecrate yourself. That says separate yourself from anything unclean and devote yourself to the Lord. So what God was saying was, uh, you're going to have to make a choice. You have to choose between what you like to do and what I tell you to do, basically. It's not, for the believer, it's not about, uh, you're going to have to choose to stop drinking, smoking, chewing, and my husband used to say, and dating girls who do, you know, you, you're going to have to choose, you're going to have to choose not to do things 
that you know are going to give the enemy an opportunity to attack you because you're in you're a leader you're you're moving in you're you're going to take territory everybody say take territory and uh you know when you take territory you you've got to be right with god you, that's a, but it's a choice for us it's a choice in maybe ways that we wouldn't even think about you know i don't want you to gossip anymore i don't gossip i pray of course i pray the whole problem and i pray who needs to be fixed everybody say that's gossip you know, we, we have to learn the difference. These are things that will cause you to stumble when you're going in over your head. Um, and that's just, you know, a, a, a one example. But what happens in there, not just consecrate yourself, but for this reason, in verse 5, uh, the Lord tomorrow, everybody say tomorrow, the Lord will do wonders among you. Everybody say wonders. Those miracles. Those are matters beyond normal human perception requiring supernatural insight to see them. That's what that word wonder means. Everybody say, I want to see wonders. <laughs> see, that's what happens when you go in over your head. The whole, the whole book of Joshua, none of that had to do with Joshua. He didn't win the battle of Jericho. He fought it. Everybody say he fought it. But God won it. That's the truth. And so when you move out with God, he said, then you move out. It says, uh, take up the Ark of the Covenant in verse 6 and cross over before the people. So they took up the Ark of the Covenant and went before the people. Now, um, I read in the New Living Bible right now and in Mark, it talks about, remember when uh, Peter said to Jesus, it says in the New Living that he kind of, he took him inside, aside to uh, tell him that he wasn't right about the fact that he would be crucified and die for us. And, and Peter said, get behind me, Satan. And in the Living Bible, it says that is the human point of view. Everybody say human point of view. Once you start across that Jordan, once you step into the water and follow that up, there will be no more human point of view. Because once you go there, it all has to be what did God tell me to do. And from then on, it has to be exactly what God tells you to do. Everybody say, no turning back. And it goes on after that scripture in Mark and says, you have to take up your cross and follow me or go after it. You have to take up your cross. What does that mean? You have to take up your cross, which says, I'm following this, the ark. But and I'm not turning back. Everybody say, don't turn back. We used to sing a song, uh, I, I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back, no turning back. I cannot tell you, this church would be full every Sunday, except we got some turner backers out there. I didn't like what they preached today. I'm tired of what they say. I had one, one little girl say, my mom doesn't want to come here because she says you preach the same thing every Sunday. I said, oh, and the, and the person that she said in front of us, said, well, I said, I'm glad I come here because I need to hear it every Sunday. <laughs> but, you know, the devil's always saying things. Now, that little girl has been influenced by a parent. That's the sad part, is when parents don't think about what's coming behind them. Hallelujah, we'll talk about that later. Uh, Psalm 25, 4 and 5, this is what it says. Because I believe God is calling us, all of us. I don't know where your open door is, but I believe there's open doors. It's for everybody. That you went through an open door to go to Texas. 
for mom, by the way, is going to go down there and get behind that open door here here in about a week. But, you know, faith went to South Africa. Uh, if you were here last week, Hannah's going to Nicaragua. Over there, open doors. And they're getting to see God do it. When they get there, it won't be about them, it'll be about what God did there. But they had to go. And I'm telling you, it's not a picnic every day for faith, has it? I mean, we read the blog, but we don't live with her 24-7. I know what it is. It's a walk of faith. Hallelujah. Show me your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Lead me in your truth and teach me, for you are the God of my salvation. On you I wait all the day. He will show us what that path is. But we have to stay behind that ark. Uh, you know, I read all the good things that were going to happen. And Joshua told the children Israel first he would be exalted in their sight, and that God was with him as he was with Moses. What do you think that meant to Joshua? Because he had seen it from the minute he got right out of Egypt. He had gone through the wilderness for 40 years. He had seen what God was doing. Deuteronomy 8 it says, Your shoes didn't wear out, your clothes didn't wear out. I fed you, I took care of you. He had seen all of that before God said, Okay, go. But he didn't say, go in your mind. He said, follow the ark. Follow the ark that tells you who I am and what I will do. And stay back from that. Don't get ahead of me. And you'll be able to do it. If I say, don't come back. And we'll close with this. Um, I don't know what your 98, I think it was. Uh, God encouraged me to take 10 women and myself with him to Europe. And I thought, oh, God, we don't know what we're doing. We're going to get on a bus, and we're going somewhere. For two weeks, we're going to ride on the bus. And we joined up with Janet Ray and heard about, I don't know, 18 women. I told was total. So she had 18. And we got on the bus with Terry Hanshaw, the poor man he took us. He was our guide. And we flew over the earth, and we went. We landed in Austria. We went to Bratislava. We went to Poland. We went to the Czech Republic, back to Bratislava, back to Austria, and home. Now, the only problem was the day we were to leave, there was a blizzard. And we had this bus come to pick us up from Imperial. And the interstate was closed. But God said, Go. Oh, I thought, oh, God, I am taking nine women out. I am responsible for this. And they say, out of my country zone. And a lot of you were there, Miriam. They're still with me. Isn't that amazing? That is a miracle. Uh, my sister and Sue O'Brien, I can't. They were, they were ten of us all together. And uh, first, again, we were so critical of Jesus. And so we got on the bus. And we got out on the other street, and we got up to about where it was Lozon and Crowman, uh, or up and everything had stopped. I said, we have to get to the airport. And the bus driver said, there's no way. I mean, he drove our bus between semis, didn't he? And got us through the semi, turned across, and, you know, we're going to have to go to the bathroom by now. And so... The bathrooms don't work on the interstate. I mean, we're all happy. We're already on the nature field. We haven't even got out of the end of the evening. And so we're, we go, and they take us across this road, and we go in this grocery store. 
and they said, if you want to party, follow me to my house. So we went to somebody's house and come down. And all of just bust. And all of us went in the boat. We were all all done. And then put the water in and flush the boat. I mean, what you just thought we were not supposed to. Get back to the bus. Thank you. 
so you don't know what kind of damage you're getting. I mean, it's reputable, I guess, because you got that nerve out. But, you know, if it's your mouth and it's hurting, you know, you, you've got to, you've got to believe God is in it. I mean, those were minor things compared to what other people face. But I'm just trying to keep today. We are called to look to Jesus. That's what it says in Hebrew. Looking up to Jesus, the author of the faith, who was the joy that was set before him under the cross. He did that for us. And so, he went in over his head. He had never been to Calvary, but he did it. And I don't think it was an easy walk, but he did it. I don't think it was easy for Joshua to lead all those children and win all those battles, but he did it. And all of that has to do with the victory we have today because of people who made a decision to do what God said 